The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's another week, another football week. We got our, my co-host, Maurice Perry, on the other line. What's up, Mo P? Hey, what's going on, J.D.? How's everything going with you? Man, it's okay. It's it's actually going well. Out here in the desert, we got rain, so uh, when we get rain here, we celebrate because it doesn't come as often. So (laughs) (laughs) what did you do this weekend, man? Uh, Nothing much. Uh, You know, pretty much relaxed for the most part, uh, watch a bit of football, but um, took uh, Zerio to her first ice skating lesson. So that was cool. Um, her lessons are at the facility where the Nashville Predators practice, and she's in the Scott Hamilton Academy. Uh, so it was cool. She had some one, a little bit of one-on-one time with Scott Hamilton, and of course she didn't know who she, who he was. He's like, okay, who is this dude talking to me? Who is this dude telling me uh, it's time to get off the ice? So she's kind of looking at him kind of strange. And then after that, I pulled up some old YouTube videos and, and, and sat her down and told him, told her, you know, who who uh, was uh, teaching her. So she was like, wow, you know, I got big and showed her the uh, 84 Sarajevo uh, Olympics. So she was happy. Um, the only thing was she was kind of upset and, and getting a little attitude because she didn't want to leave the ice. She didn't want to leave the facility. So. We had to tell her, okay, we're going to be back next week, and we'll pro- I'll probably um, take her to uh, open skate you know, sometime next week because her school is, like, right down the street from the ice rink. So, okay. um, but that was that, man. And, you know, other than that, chilled and relaxed and uh, watched watch a little bit of sports, man. So did you try to – How about uh, your weekend? Oh, well, real fast, I was going to ask you. So did you tell uh, Scott Hamilton about your past, you know, being from uh, Lake Lake County and the ice and all that stuff, you, you had some war stories for him. <laughs> uh, nah, man, nah, okay, not at I, all. I'm glad to know that you did. <laughs> uh, me, man. Well, I had a uh, the guy, my guy Rob at the bottom line in Gurney, Illinois. If you need a fade, want to hang out, you'll see a lot of the Bears players there. He was quote unquote the Bears barber for a while. Him and my guy Ron who uh, condolences out to Ron and his family. His dad just passed away. Uh, And then another friend, Ronnie, they all came out, and uh, we did things that men do. You know, we went out, listened to some live music, uh, ordered some food, uh, sat back at the fire pit, Nick B and the rest of the crew. And then uh, we actually went out and shot, went out to the desert and shot guns with Larnell and, Man, just did the things that guys do in the man cave, basically. 
hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. So that that was about it this way. Okay, cool. So, so did you get? Uh, well, first of all, I guess the one thing we got to bring up is if you were Miami, <laughs> do you concede and say, "Hey, we really lost the game," or you say, "Thank you for the win." You know, I mean, if I'm Miami, I say no, we won the game. But everybody on the on this planet knows that that game should have been over. I mean, it was a couple of penalties that weren't called. Of course, the guy's knee knee was down. And if I'm the ACC, you know, Miami can can feel the way they feel. And I saw a couple of you know talk shows on ESPNU talking about you know no, there's no way that that game should be rescinded and, and uh, the result changed. But we're living in an age of instant replay, okay? And the, the purpose of instant replay is to get the calls right, period. So my whole thing is the ACC should jump in and be like, look, you know, this is what we saw. This is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give this win to Duke. Because in, in, in the end of this, you know, the big scheme of thing, my Duke has a chance to go up, go into a major bowl. OK, they have I think they're leading in their division. They have a good likelihood of playing for that uh, conference title against either Clemson or Florida State. And I think this win puts them, you know, back a little bit. And they're going to they got to fight with NC State, I believe on that side of the bracket. So, yeah, you know, it might be, you know, they may make it seem like it's insignificant, but this does have a significant bearing on the outcome of the season. So I think they should overturn it. Will they do it? No, because there hasn't been any precedent for it. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think personally, you know, it's like the game is over, the game is over, even though, and I've been in those situations where you've gotten robbed, but we just, you know what it is. It's like this is the setup. I think that's where a common sense uh, tool comes in and say, okay, yes, we know that this happened, and so we're not going to pe- penalize either team because it's it, to me, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I even felt like some of it was questionable on the on the fall. But there are other bad calls throughout that game that could have that went in Duke's favor too. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like, yeah, you, you just roll with the punches. Yeah, basically. but the, 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 the difference is this was the last play of the game. You know, during, during the course of 60 minutes, you have a chance to make amends for anything, any bad calls that were made. But this non-call, you know, uh, multiple non-calls, and my whole thing is, why are you going to suspend the, the the officiating crew and not deal with the game itself? You know, it, it's like you're 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 messing with. I mean, the, you got to think about seniors on Duke squad. And yeah, you know, you can say, well, there's a a, a story that can be learned from this. You don't, you know, things aren't always fair. Favor ain't fair, quote unquote. But the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of money on the line. Okay, and I, I know some of this money is going to be dispersed throughout the ACC, but you know, at the end of the season, where where teams go to the you know bowl games, but there's money involved, there's recruitment involved, and and let's face it, I mean, 
Miami, look, if you're a Miami Hurricane fan, and Michael Irvin attested to this, you know, earlier on uh, Mike and Mike yesterday, you know, you love this because the program has been in shambles. You know, they're trying to rebuild something and they need something like this to boost their morale. But at the same time, look, like I said, we live in the age of instant replay. We live in an age where you hope that the calls are, 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 are right. And, and no team is slighted, you know, based on calls or non-calls. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it should be overturned. They're not going to do it because, like I said, there has, it hasn't been done before. But I wouldn't, you know, if, if I'm Duke, I'm protesting. I'm doing something about it, especially, you know, when it gets if – they, if they run the table for the rest of the year and they, and they end up, you know, uh, Northwestern beat them, so they end up with two losses – and they end up tied with NC State. I think NC State is in their division. And NC State, you know, ends up going to the uh, conference championship. I have a big problem with that. Hey, you just got such as life. <laughs> uh, what other games? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I get it. But then I think we have too many things that aren't always make things as easy as it's supposed to be. And sometimes it complicates things. But uh, moving on to other games, did you catch any other college game this week? Well, I watched. Uh, I, I really uh, was looking forward to watching that Notre Dame Temple game. Yeah, and uh, it, it was a very good game. And you know, I was I was pulling for Temple because I'm not a Notre Dame fan. That's you know, your first I'm, mistake in life. Well, I'm, I, look, I, I love I, I love Notre Dame basketball, but I hate Notre Dame football. And, it, and it's probably because of the sense of exceptionalism that they feel they have, you know, that they don't deserve to be in a conference and whatnot. So this year they're playing, what, five or six ACC games, but they're not in the conference, you know, whereas the other sports are, you know, in the ACC conference. So it's this sense of elitism and, you know, we're too good. Or we're, we're above, you know, settling down in a conference. I hate that, you know. I mean, financially, if you're them, why would you? From a business standpoint, why would you? It's it's not even about a business standpoint. It's about getting in the conference. If if you want to prove that you're big and bad, get in a conference and play conference teams every year. You know, yeah, you can say, yeah, they're playing Stanford. They're playing USC. They're playing, you know, uh, they played Texas early. Yeah, Michigan, you know, I, I think they they ended that, right? I, I yeah, don't think but, they're playing but, that game. But my point is, in the past, they played Michigan and things like that. So I'm like, it, 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 they play a pretty weighted schedule, with the exceptions of Air Force. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes BYU, other, you know, two other independent teams. But, but and, you know, my whole thing. You'll get oh, a BYU oh, sometimes. That will actually, they'll actually play well. So I mean that that can't always say like you know they're a horrible team. So I mean, yeah, I, I think that what they're doing from a business standpoint, I would if I were them, I wouldn't go ahead and sign up with a conference. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just saying like. You know, every other program, you know, every other program in Notre Dame is, is participating in, you know, fully in ACC, in the ACC conference, you know, the ACC. Why not? You, you're already playing, you know, five 
uh, ACC games, I believe. You know, why not just go ahead and, and play the whole schedule, you know, and, and face, you know, uh, all the teams in the, in the ACC, you know, just a full schedule, the eight, eight games, I believe. You know, just go ahead and do that and, and play in a conference championship. And that's the thing, you know, they're not playing in the conference championship. So if they run the table, you know, saying they're not playing that 13th game, you know, just like when they played Alabama for the for the title. They had the benefit of the doubt because they didn't have to play another elite team in a conference championship to, you know, actually get this. So they, they made it to that title game with only 12 wins where they're playing, you know, where Bama or any other team has to play 13, you know. So to me, I'm, I'm about leveling the playing field, period. You know, even we can we can talk about the uh, college football playoff system, which is absolute garbage. I wrote about this in the blog last year, but there's no fairness in this whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, until... It, it bec- and so until there's a system that is quote unquote foolproof, this is just the way it is. And if I'm Notre Dame, which I have a fan base that goes coast to coast and internationally, I'm not going to lock myself in to a limited situation with rules and stuff like that. I have to buy to within that conference. I can say this year I'll play this conference. Heavy schedule with this conference. I'll pay a heavy schedule with the Pac-12. You know, I I get it, and I would have to say I would acquiesce to their stance and just kind of do what they do. But uh, we're going to go into break, and then we're going to talk some NFL because there's a lot of stuff going on, especially in your parts of the world. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 
1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back from a short break, and speaking of short breaks, is a short stint for some of these coaches in the NFL. So we already had Joe Philbin fired at Miami uh, early in the season, and we have talks and rumors of Chuck Pagano, and Chuck Pagano kind of saved himself by firing um, the offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton. And then we get the news also that up in Maurice's backyard, Ken Wisenhunt gets fired. And I'm going to say this, being someone involved in sports, there's something that I noticed recently. You know, you can chime in on this, but the teams that have pretty much won and did well over the years have had consistency with inside the organization. You take New England Patriots. For over a decade, they've had everybody the same, pretty much. Same coordinators overall, unless they've got promotions. Uh, you've had the same head coach, quarterback. You go to Green Bay, it's consistency. You know, even within their front offices, you go to another team that's doing well this year, or is Cincinnati, and they've had the same coach, and well, which is basically he does all the scouting too. I mean, you look at that, and that that says a lot. You go to Denver. I mean, with the exception, they they're the kind of newer kids on the block uh, with having John Elway back in, but then they brought in more people people from the past to do things the Denver way, and the teams with all the turnover. Uh, they're typically the teams that are doing poorly. What's your thought on that, Reese? Well, I think um, what you see is <clears throat> when there is, and, and, you, and you mentioned the front office, uh, the coach, the head coach, the front office, and the team owner, they all have to be on the same page in terms of philosophy, in terms of style of play, in terms of uh, personnel. And if there's any hiccup in terms of that uh, that relationship or that understanding, you're going to have problems. And that's what happened here in, uh, in, in Nashville with, with, the, with the Titans. Uh, basically, there was uh, the, the, the owner, uh, Amy, I forget her last name. She really wanted to protect Mariota. And in that game in Miami, he got hit sometime in the third quarter, I believe, and he continued to play. So I believe that that was the beginning of the last, you know, the uh, the end of Wizenhunt because that happened on top of his absolutely abysmal record for the last two three years. And you can take that going back to his his stint in Arizona. You know, his, his record over the last three years that he's coaches has has been a- absolutely atrocious. Now with Nat with Tennessee, they have talent. And they're not reaching their full potential under him. So the writing was on the wall. I believe there's philosophical differences in terms of uh, uh, play calling and 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 just the whole uh, uh, outlook on how to run this offense. And I and remember I told you week one or week two, or week two against Indy, my, when Indy came back on them, my biggest issue was how conservative that they got with the play calling, especially in the second half. And I think that was another red flag that was thrown. And, and from a coach's standpoint, sometimes you get conservative, 
so you don't put a young quarterback in a position. Basically, what they're saying, the opposite is going on with Indy, with Pep giving Andrew Luck a lot of things, where it's almost too much for him to digest. But going back to uh, Wizenhunt, it was very interesting. Uh, you see, because when he left Arizona, he went to San Diego, and he kind of, I mean, as a coordinator, I think he's decent. He, you know, did his thing, and you saw Philip Rivers and them kind of prosper from that. Um, and so that's what kind of made him, you know, available for this head coaching job. But I'll say this about, like, a market like Tennessee. Uh, you have to do a very strong job in developing your young players on those type of markets, even like a Carolina, uh, where – those aren't places necessarily that players want to go from a market standpoint, you know, or just a quality of life, you know, lifestyle standpoint. So you're not going to attract the big time free agents, even with money. Sometimes it's almost like the NBA. So I think, I, I think, I think that, you know, that's something that <clears throat> management and the owner of course was looking at because Let's face it, Mariota is going to be the face of this franchise, and and they want to protect that their investment. You know, they're investing a lot of money. They invested a second round, a first round number two pick in Mariota, so they're looking at that. But also, let's look at you know how he got hurt. He got hurt standing in the pocket, you know. And if you and and if you've watched a lot, I've I've watched quite a bit of of uh, Tennessee football this year, <clears throat> Titan football, um, they're not using Mariota to his strengths. They're not, they're not rolling him out. They're not allowing him to improvise. And, and I, I believe, you know, they're trying to make him stay, stay in the pocket. And he probably also wants to prove that he can be a pocket passer. But at the same time, you don't necessarily have the greatest, you don't have Dallas Cowboys offensive line, number one. You know, and there's the the uh, Taylor Lewan. You know, he's been getting beat. They spent the first round pick on him a couple of uh, year or two ago. Uh, the right side, you know, is pretty weak. So there's there's been a lot of pressure in his face, even up the middle. There's been pressure, and he's hit the ground a lot. So that's another thing when I talk about offensive scheme, getting him out of the pocket, rolling him out. You know, and that's I think that's where when he's at his best. But do they have the weapons around him? You know, and, and, and that that's my concern when you bring in a young quarterback on teams like a Tampa Bay slash or a Tennessee is like, you know, they're not a situation where like Aaron Rodgers came to or like uh, even Russell Wilson came into. Russell Wilson came into a team that was already a win, uh, you know, already had the things for a quarterback. You had the weapons. So you come in. You hand the ball off. You have you've already have a proven strong running game and things like that. Whereas these guys, uh, Jameis Winston and uh, Andrew, or and this young man, um, he comes in. Mar- Mariota comes in, and there's no weapons for him. So of course he's carrying a burden on his back, and you also is a reason why they were able to pick one and two. So I mean I think when you look at the thing from a holistic standpoint, is like. You got to check, you got to consider those variables with your coach and give it time and get the people in. Because um, their team seemed to be porous the past couple of years in terms of with the O line. But 
going on to other teams, Indianapolis Colts. It's, it's safe to say, and I've said this before, I always like Russell Wilson better than Andrew Luck. Do I think the plug is done with Luck? Maybe, maybe not, because Peyton was throwing as many picks as Luck was early in his career. But you need I, – I, I could see – and I like Chuck, but I could see everybody pretty much being gone out of there. <laughs> yeah, the one thing <clears throat> with Andrew – um, you know, I, here, here's the thing, you know, they, they are what, two and two and five right now, you know, it's just terrible. The whole, the whole division is, is absolutely ludicrous. It, it's terrible. You have Houston. That's just a, a half game behind, which is, or, or I think they're, they're up now. I think they're up and, you know, Tennessee sitting at one and six, they're just a game and a half behind. So if, if Mariota can come back, he, he may play this week. <clears throat> if he can come back and string some games together, who knows what could happen. But with, with Andrew Luck, I'm going to say this. They, they probably won't do it because they're still in the hunt. But it, it may just be, you know, he may he, he may might have to sit down for a while and, and watch the game. It's not going to happen because too much money is invested. But just, uh, you know, it, there's no coincidence that their two wins, you know, they got the one win uh, here in, in Tennessee, but their two wins came with Hasselbeck. And what was Hasselbeck doing? He was getting that ball out of his hands. He was making quick reads, quick decisions, not taking a beating. And what's happening is Luck is just holding on to the ball too long. And I, I told somebody that's from Indy a couple of days ago, I believe that he's so cerebral. He's so intelligent. He's so smart that he's overthinking plays and he's extended. He's holding on to the ball too long and and, and taking hits and, 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 and making bad decisions. Well, and I'll say this with Hasselbeck, too, uh, that Hasselbeck, of course, is getting the ball, getting rid of the ball sooner because he knows he can't move. But who's to say that that game plan that was called for Hasselbeck was the exact same game plan called for luck? And I think those variables can make a difference. You know, I, I, this was a pretty much an offense that Luck has played through in college. So there's not much, you know, you think as a coordinator, when you have a guy in, now you start opening up all these other things for him. Um, so I think there's some variables that go into those performances. But I don't, I'm totally against, especially with the guy that's supposed to be your franchise, you know, you just got to work with them and work around them. But I've never felt like they worked in the off season to put the tools around them. Yes, Frank Gore, he's at the he's at the end, tail end of his career. Andre Johnson, same thing. Uh, you lose Reggie Way, you lose Pierre Garcon. You know, in the past two years, and I think those like more so than Reggie losing Pierre was a big loss. Because you had a guy that could separate from people. You, you know, you got T.Y. Hilton, but he's, you know, as young as luck in a sense. So if you had a, a mid-age receiver that had something that had separation prowess or something like that, I think that helps with your quarterback. Uh, and, you the know, run, and the running game, they needed a running back. Yeah, well, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, Bradshaw came in. And uh, gave him a little spark. But uh, the thing is, man, um, 
he has an out because look, it, it, the news came out a couple of days ago that he has uh, fractured ribs or whatever. Look, if you're hurt, if that's part of the reason why you're playing poorly, hey, that's an excuse to sit him down, you know, uh, and, and see what. And, that, and it's not like you know, it'll it'll be okay in terms of PR because he's not being sat down because of performance, quote unquote. But you know, get Hassel back in there, see what he does, and see if he can learn from that. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna talk about some other games. Uh, we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're gonna uh, we're back and we're going to cover a couple games. Well, we know Dolphins got smashed by the Patriots, which was supposed to happen. Uh, we had Lions and the Chiefs. Chiefs went ahead and smacked that booty. Tampa Bay lost or beat the Falcons, which was a very close one. Uh, the one game I'm going to bring up, Arizona at Cleveland, just because you know why, Reese. <laughs> I'm still angry at Cleveland. They owe me some money. But Arizona <laughs> was down, came back, and went Akon on that booty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they're on, Arizona's a very difficult team to play against. They have one of the best defenses in the league, top secondary. Offensively, they're too deep at every position. 
I mean, yeah. when Chris Johnson, I mean, you they really had three tailbacks. <laughs> you know, uh, Michael Floyd, who I thought would have been on a, on a trade block, he, you know, balled out. I still would have traded him just because I don't see myself giving him money, you know, even when Larry's gone because he's not a Larry-type guy. He's a good player, but Larry is just somebody that brings a lot of consistency to the organization. Um, but uh, what what game did you watch? Well, um, you had, uh, of course, uh, Seattle at Dallas. Yes. Which was yes. an interesting. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm concerned with Seattle. Um, not not so much the the defense. I think the defense is improving week after week, and they're getting back to that level of hard nose, hardcore defense. You know, top five defense. But I'm just concerned with the offensive production. Uh, I'm concerned with uh, Russell getting hit too much. Uh, I'm concerned with. Um, just the inability to sustain drives. And I believe that, you know, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but they need to get this rectified. Because well, I believe I think, that they're I think Arizona is gonna hold on and, and win the division. And I believe Seattle can sneak in and take one of the wild card spots. But I'm concerned, man, because you know, they're gonna end up going on the road and have to uh, play a, a division winner, whether it be, you know, a, a Philly or uh, whoever, it, uh, whoever it is. But I, I'm, I'm really concerned right now. Yeah, you could t- just tell. As a, as a mental, is like the Super Bowl hangover. Uh, I think that one of the things is, even when they went to the Super Bowl, it's the same issue that they've had. They have a problem of stretching the field vertically. Uh, once Percy Harvin left, you don't realize how much of an impact he had on that team just from opponent's standpoint of game planning. When you have a Percy Harvin on the field, you know that at any moment he's going to make those explosive plays. So then when you have a guy that can make explosive plays, teams play you differently. Uh, and right now they don't require that. I mean, yes, you had Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham would be an asset more of an asset if you had a guy that stretched vertically on the outside. You know, yeah, I, I agree because, with that. Because then now what happens, especially if you play a team that plays a lot of too high safeties, now they have to worry, you know, about what's on the outside. So when that safety moves over, now you have someone directly in the middle of the field, and that's when Jimmy Graham becomes, you know, deadly. But yeah, when nah. you don't have anyone stretching the field. And basically, you have to th- throw short routes, just like uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, San Fran, you're going to get problems. And, you know, b- now San Fran's bitch Ka- uh, Kaepernick. It's safe to say he's done in San Fran. Yeah, he, he's done. And, and uh, a big part of that is is the money that they would owe him uh, next year. And they have an out and their uh, contract. So he's not going to see any playing time. Uh, if, if something happens to uh, Blaine Gabbard, I believe that you'll see uh, the third. He, he might get demoted to third string, you know, just because just so that they won't 
he won't get injured or something like that and, and uh, let, let him go. Because yes. Yes. he has that lack of confidence look in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He ain't kissing that bicep no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, again, uh, similar to uh, what I was saying with uh, Mariota, do you think it's scheme? Do you think he's trying to, you know, prove everybody wrong by staying in the pocket? Or because let, let's face it, when he went up to Green Bay in that NFC championship game a couple of years ago, was it a championship game or, or a divisional game? I can't remember. But when he put up 200 rushing yards that, and, and over 200 passing yards, that's, that was when Colin Kaepernick was at his best. Now he seems very reserved and hesitant to even get out of the pocket or move or scramble or anything. You know, I think a lot had to do with the pressure that both he and Jim Harbaugh was getting last year. It is a testament to Jim Harbaugh because you look at Alex Smith under Har- Harbaugh and you look at Kaepernick under Harbaugh and look what they did. I, I mean, you go back and look at Andrew Luck in college. I know it's college. But look, he didn't turn over the ball like he did does now. Uh, so Harbaugh and his system found ways for the guys to go. And I think that Kaepernick kind of lost the person that was his confidant in a sense, you know, because Harbaugh went after him, you know, go, you know draft him in the second round. Nobody else had uh, Kaepernick that high. So... You get a guy with that, and again, look at San Fran's receivers. Who stretches the ball? The field. There, there's nobody. There's nobody. There's nobody. That's why, you know, they're doing a fire sale. Okay, Vernon Davis, you know, thank you. And now Vernon Davis is going to give Denver what they were missing by letting Julius Thomas go. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a situation that is not just one thing, and it's just not one person. Uh, I think there's a lot of variables that if you brought Kaepernick in the right system or, you know, maybe he does better in a Philly. Maybe he does. Huh? Philadelphia, yeah. Or I would even say even though they're they're fine, but he would have did good, I think, with Buffalo just because of what, even though Rex has been known as a quarterback killer, (laughs) you know, uh, I think that Colin would be fine with that. So, uh, it should be interesting. So then you, uh, the other game, I, I mean, so you had San Fran that lost to the Rams, and let's not talk just about the negative, but Gurley is beasting everybody, which I thought he looked like he was at Georgia again. Yeah, that dude, man, uh, what, three consecutive games over 100 yards? And, uh, you know, like I said, I think I, I said this, I really didn't watch too much of Gurley when he was at Georgia before he got hurt. But everybody was making this big fuss over. I'm like, who is this dude? I, you know, I didn't take a look at him. But man, hey, he's, hey, you know, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, and that's why I didn't think it would translate to the NFL like how he was in college. Right. Especially after the Uh, knee injury, because big backs scare me, and not necessarily just because their physical stature, but because of their physical stature. They t- they typically take unnecessary shots, and yeah, so that was like Eddie, George. Eddie George. Eddie George, but Eddie George was a guy that last for a big back. Him, Dickerson, and Jerome Bettis 
and Earl Campbell are the few that lasted longer. But most guys that are like Steven Jackson, even though he played, but the last few years, you know, you can see a great diminishment in their production. Um, so got that game. Uh, Giant Saints, that was that, that was that NFL was blitz. Absolutely abysmal. It might as well have been a, an arena league game because there was no defense. None yeah, at I'm all. Like, <laughs> it just everybody it was backyard football. Just throw the football and go. Now uh, if you had if you had Eli or Drew on your fantasy squad, you you definitely won. Yeah. It it was crazy. But the game, you know, the Raiders, I told people before this season that they'd be playing tough and they're doing just that. Uh the Steelers lost to the Bengals, which that's always a toss up. You know, th- that's a physical game. The score came out physical, you know, I mean, in terms of 16 to 10, can't beat that. Uh, Seattle, we talked about them. Denver and Green Bay, now that was a shocker. I thought that I knew, whatchamacallit, that Denver's defense was going to be good, the pass rush, but I, I kind of felt like Aaron Rodgers would find a way, and I'm still not, even though Peyton did his thing, in Denver, I'm still not convinced. Well, you know, the crazy thing is, <clears throat> you know, it's just another game that Green Bay struggles to play in on the road. And I think I heard a crazy stat uh, yesterday morning where Green Bay is like 1-9 and nine or 1-10 and on the road against teams that are above 500. So, I mean, that's that's something to really take a look at, like this, this difference you know, home and away, uh, they they're very they're they're below pedestrian uh, when when they're on the road. And you got also you got to recognize the fact that they're also missing uh, still one of their you know sure people, sure hands, and that's uh, with Jordy Nelson being out. And I think that really makes a difference for them, even though they were winning before. But I think a player like him back in a lineup gives. Aaron Rodgers, that com- that comfort and that safety valve, and he just lights it up. Uh, then you had Carolina versus the Colts, and Cam is doing his thing. Yeah, he's, he's really playing well. He's doing what it takes for them to win. You know, he's, he's ba- you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, he's putting that team on his shoulders, and, and – you know, along with the defense, the defense is spectacular. The defense is very good. Uh, but offensively, he's putting the team on his shoulders and he's like, look, I'm taking you guys to the goal line. And when we get in the red zone or anywhere near the goal line, I'm punching it in. You know, yeah, but and and here's the that, thing with Greg Olson, you know that yeah. he's going to throw the ball to Greg Olson and he's getting it there. I mean, and that's it. It's like it's like three people on offense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, when you, when you uh, really look at it, it's, it's uh, Cam, uh, Greg Olson, and, uh, you know, either running back, you know. Uh, Stewart, with, yeah. Yeah, Stewart. So, so. Uh, well, we're going to go try to gather our team and get it a little bit stronger than the Carolina offense. So we'll be back in a second. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. 
He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. and We're going to start making our picks. We didn't make it last week. The week before, I think I won those picks. So we're going to leave it there. But... Uh, we got the first game, Cleveland at Cincinnati. I'm taking Cincinnati. Who you got, Reese? I got Cincinnati. All right. Tennessee at New Orleans. Who do you have? Ooh, I got New Orleans. I'm going to take New Orleans as well. Miami at Buffalo. Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I'm I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Miami. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I, I, I believe in Rex. Uh, we have Washington at New England. I'm going to go with New England. Yeah, okay. Just go to the next game. All right. <laughs> this could be interesting. Jacksonville at the Jets. Oh, Jets are going to be without Fitzpatrick for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the Jets. Yeah, Jacksonville's playing tough, but I just don't believe in them right now. Yeah. This this is a game that is tougher than what it sounds. Uh Oakland at Pittsburgh, but I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. I'm going I'm going with uh Oakland. Yeah, I think that long travel for the, those young bucks might take a toll on them. Uh it is a early game. Yeah. Um St. Louis at Minnesota. I got to take St. Louis, my man. I'm going with Minnesota. Interesting. I think St. Louis's uh defense that that uh that line I think is going to put some pressure on Young Buck. And I'm still waiting for AP to be AP. 
So I just don't think maybe he steps up for this game because of Gurley to show, let him know who Big Boss is, but still St. Louis. Green Bay at Carolina. Ooh, man. Again, you know, it's a scenario where Green Bay is playing on the road. I'm going with Carolina to get to 8 eight no. I'm going to great Green Bay. I think oh, – is what you call Clay Matthews still injured or is he hurt? Got to check on that. I think he's going to be available. Okay. And Julius Peppers going back to Carolina. Yeah, I think Green Bay is going to go ahead and get that. Giants at Tampa Bay. This is a pretty tough one, man. I was looking at this earlier. Um, I like what Tampa has been doing. Uh, I like what the the, the trajectory of, of Winston. But there's a possibility that JPP might be able to play. So exactly. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with New York. Yeah, I I got eight of JPP's fingers on this one. So I'm gonna go <laughs> with the Giants. Atlanta at San Fran. Atlanta. Atlanta. Blaine Gabbert will be the twelfth player on the field for. <laughs> for New York, I mean for Atlanta, uh, Denver versus Indy. Need I say more? Even Peyton is indoors, so it's not as much exposure, and that defense is going to step up on that turf to a team that's making too many transitional changes. I got to go with Denver. Yeah, my my heart wants to pull for Indy, but uh, my head is saying there's no way in the world that that defense can stop uh, uh, Peyton Manning, who seems to be playing better these last two weeks. So I'm going with Denver. Philly at Dallas. This is a tough one for me. Who do you have? It depends on what Sam Bradford shows up. If it's a Sam Bradford that takes care of the ball and is accurate, Philly. If not... Dallas. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with Philly because I just don't believe in Dallas. Yeah, I'm torn. I I want to see Demarco Murray get off against Dallas. See if but Chip Kelly, I don't think it's the type of say. Okay, I need to feed you the ball as much. Um, Dallas with Greg Hardy in them. I'm going with Dallas because Greg Hardy <laughs> say what you want. He's a football player. <laughs> Say what you want. Uh, the next game, we got Chicago at San Diego. I'm, I'm going with the Bears. Uh, believe it or not, I think San Diego, there's just too many injuries on both side of the, sides of the ball. Uh, and and Phillip Rivers can only do so much. The Bears defense has actually played okay the last couple of weeks. And Jay Cutler seems to have settled down a bit. Uh, Ashawn Jeffrey is stepping up to be a top tier uh, receiver in the league, making spectacular catches. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been, Jay, uh, you know, I've been anti Jay Cutler for the last three, four years, but I'm going with the Bears with this one on the road in San Diego. Oh wow, you're a bold man, Reese. I, I think that, you know, we could elaborate, go a little bit longer with this conversation with them. Yeah, Jay Cutler's play better because John Fox doesn't have the pressure to really have to deal with him, and I think Jay knows it. But I think Eric Weddle, even with just the rumors of him possibly being traded, didn't settle well for him. And I think that Jay presses these guys getting out there, going to San San Diego, 
And if you haven't been to San Diego, uh, it changed your life. So leaving Chicago about this time and going to sunny San Diego, I think San Diego is a game, too, that Melvin Gordon uh, will step up, you know, playing against basically, even though he went to high school in Wisconsin, we know he's from our hometown originally. I think he wants to put on a show. So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, San Diego in this game. So speaking about going off, what is going on with your boy Steph Curry? He is a... He is doing the Tom Brady in the NBA right now. Let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. Um, Steph Curry is the best player in the world right now. And, you know, all due respect to LeBron and, you know, what he's been able to do over the last couple of years. But it's something about this dude. And, and you know, me, as, as a shooter <laughs> – that's one thing that I love to do as a shooter. I have never, ever seen anyone shoot the ball like Steph Curry. OK, I have never seen. And the thing is, coming out of Davidson, he was this skinny, scrawny kid that I'm like, OK, you know, he'll be in the league for a couple of years, but he's not a point guard. What this dude has done every offseason was work on the things that you said that we said he couldn't do. So coming out. He, he really didn't play exclusively point guard. He was he played a lot of off guard. He worked on his ball handling. He worked on his passing this all this pass off season. What has he done better? He's 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 gotten better on the defensive end of the ball side of the ball. So I'm like, my God, you know, this dude every single year has improved and he's only what mid 20s. Yeah. Scary, <laughs> scary. And and the one, you know, I thought that Memphis, of all teams in the West, Memphis, with that, you know, is a very good defensive team. They'd be able to slow him down, throw different bodies at him or whatnot and slow him down. They got thoroughly embarrassed. OK, 50 points embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, in, ter- in terms of the league right now, it's like Golden State and then everybody else. You yeah, know, Golden that, State has a chip on their shoulder. They're like, y'all didn't believe in us last year? Are you not entertained? Is this not what you came for? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to tonight's game. You know, they play the Clippers tonight in Golden State. And the Clippers and, and Doc Rivers were some of the main ones chirping during the offseason, basically saying that, you know, Golden State was overrated. They didn't deserve to be there, blah, blah, blah. They won the title because of a uh, uh, injured Cleveland team. And all of that has been taken as fuel to the fire. And these do, I'm telling you, man, like, look, this Golden State team, honestly, I don't see anybody that's going to be able to stop them. They might run off 10 to 15 in a row. I'll you know, say this, a healthy, a healthy San Antonio, I always give them a chance. Yeah, but will they be able to stop this dude? That, that's think, the thing. That Will they be able to stop this dude? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But speaking of, the, you know, Man Cave is not just sports. Man, tomorrow James Bond comes out, bruh. <laughs> and if you know me, I am a happy man. Well, I'm, I'm saving. I'm saving my money for uh, Star Wars. <laughs> well, put it like this: I'm gonna be ha- looking at new guns and all that stuff after this movie. But hey, 
I appreciate you on the show and, and keeping me stepping up my game. And thank you all for tuning in. Reese, I will see you next week. All right, man. You take it easy, man. Have a good uh, good weekend. Well, rest of the weekend on the weekend. All right. I'll and we will holler. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.